Anthony Williams standing in for Pastor Sean Davis. As always, you know we're here at Financial Fridays every Friday, broadcasting live from the Chicagoland Christian Center page as well as uh, Apostle Marshall Davis pages. We thank you so much for tuning in this evening. Uh, well, you know we have an awesome Power Pack Financial Friday for you uh, with none other than Elder Alonzo Hinton. Welcome, sir. Hello, bro. How you doing? Doing well, 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 well. Doing ready well. for an awesome Friday. Yes, I am. Yes, I yeah. am. Doing, uh, okay. Getting ready for an Fantastic. awesome Friday. Yep, yep. Getting ready yes, for sir. an awesome Friday. Uh, excited to hear what you have in store for the people tonight. Take it away. Yeah. Yes, sir. So just remember, uh, if you have any questions, uh, just ask. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Today, we're going to talk about using your faith to tap into God's wealth. And it's so important. Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation and they were talking about uh, they were discussing the financial Friday with me and they were talking about uh, they made a comparison between uh, people accepting uh, mental health or mental awareness. And they made the analogy that people have to realize that they need financial health also. So I kind of wanted I kind of thought about that. I didn't think of it in them t in those terms that we need to be financially healthy. Uh, and just like with uh, mental health, you have to be aware of certain things and you have to get have, get information out there to recognize what symptoms you have. So I kind of switching from the last couple of couple of uh, weeks where I talked more about technical terms, uh, doing uh, managing debt, uh, understanding capitalism, different things like that. And I kind of want to focus on the mind part today because so many people in the body of Christ and that's who our audience is. They don't believe they have the right to wealth. And they don't even realize they don't think that they have the right to wealth because the world system has trained us in so many ways to think that only that certain people are more worthy of wealth than other people. All right. So the Bible, we know in Deuteronomy 8 and 18, it says that God has given us the ability or the power to obtain wealth and power means ability. So once God says something, that's it. We have to accept it by faith. So that means once God said it, that it's already a promise for us and it's already residing, not out somewhere else, but it's actually on the inside of us. But what we have to do there, well, Elder Hinton, you say that, then why is it so hard for me to get some money? Why is it so hard for me to tap into wealth? Because you have the world saying so many different things about your ability to tap into wealth. All right. Uh, let's say certain people it's easier for them to be wealthy than other people. So the world financial system says that wealth or success is based on certain factors. Factors like education. You know, if you have the right education, if you're a doctor or a lawyer, or you have an MBA, or you have an accounting degree, you have a right to be wealthy. Uh, or race. We know we believe instinctually that certain people are or we're taught that certain people should uh, have more money than other people or certain people are going to automatically be poor. Then also intelligence. You know, some people process information smarter. So we feel that they have right. We, you know, we automatically assume that uh, Bill Gates is really smart. Right. So he has he has mm -hmm. a, a mm -hmm. right to be wealthy. And then you talk about gender. And we know in the world system that men make more than women but to do the same job. We know that, you know, you can look up the statistics 
And then it goes down to break down further when we talked about race. White women make more than black women, you know, and there, it goes so forth and so on. And then creativity. A lot of times we lift up certain create, creative arts over others. So somebody who has somebody who has a musical gift or somebody who has an acting gift, you know, they have a right to have a certain amount of money versus somebody who might be creative in teaching history. So this person has the right to be more wealthy than the other person. And then physical ability. This is one of my favorite ones. Certain people with physical ability, they have the right to tap into wealth. I think about the NBA finals that just happened last week. Mm -hmm. LeBron James, 6'9", 260 pounds, could jump out the gym, could run probably a 4'340", right? So I'm not 6'9". I'm not too well. I might be 200. We're going to skip past that. But I can't run like the wind and I can't jump like LeBron James, right? So instinctually, we might think that someone who has a physical ability to dominate like that has the right to tap into wealth. And then we think about family also, that we're wealthy because of family. And that might be true on the natural, but that's not limited in the kingdom. Then political affiliation. We think that, you know, automatically, I remember back in the day when Charles Barkley first got in the NBA, one of the things somebody asked him, was he a Republican or Democrat, Republican or Democrat? And he made the statement, well, I'm rich and Republicans are rich, so I'm a Republican, right? So we automatically make the assumption that Republican are rich, Republicans are rich. And then environment, right? We think our environment determines our wealth. We think that if we come from a certain neighborhood there, we're supposed to stay a certain way. We either stay economically empowered or we stay economically disenfranchised. I grew up in this neighborhood. It's all poor people. So that's all I know. And then finally, age, you know, either we're people either think they're too old to tap into wealth or too young to tap into wealth. And the Bible doesn't limit us at all in those particular areas. Once again, the word of God says, that God has given us the ability to attain wealth. And that's only limited by our faith. So we have to align our thinking with the word of God, come in agreement with the word of God so we can receive what he says. The word of God says in Jeremiah, I think it's Jeremiah, I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. So we have to align our thoughts with the thoughts of God so we yes. can receive what God has promised us. And we have to remember, going back to all these factors that the world talks about, God doesn't show favoritism. It would be uh, you would be saying God is unfair if he gave someone an automatic advantage over you to obtain his word. So if someone would have more education in you, you know, and you go before God and say, God, I can't access what you access because of your because of my education. This person has a master's degree. I haven't graduated high school. No. God doesn't care about that. His word is not limited to your education. His word is not limited to your race. His word is not limited to your, how fast you process information. His word is not limited by how, how athletic you are, how talented you are, who your family is, your political affiliation, your environment, and your age. God's word said he's giving you the ability to obtain wealth, and that's final. So we have to stop placing all these labels that the world system has given us as reasons that say, I have a right to obtain this wealth because I fit into this category. I saw uh, an article talking about, uh, and it, it was discuss discussing the personality types 
of CEOs uh, and said that CEOs generally fall into this category. And it was a type A personality. And I was like, wow. So are you saying that to have a type, I can only be a CEO if I have a type A personality? And I thought about that to the to its end. And there will be people with totally different personalities, but because they feel that type A brings them success, they will behave in a type A manner, even though that's not their natural personality. And what they're doing is they're faking who they are or they're changing who God created them to be to obtain success. And God is saying, no, I put success already on the inside of you. So tip number one. You have to unbelieve how the world system says you should access wealth and realize that God has given you that power. All right. So once again, the line off thinking what God's thinking. God doesn't show favoritism. He's already spoken that he's given you the ability to attain wealth. So it's your responsibility to tap into that wealth and accept it. And once again, unlearn what the world system or other people have taught you about who deserves to be wealthy. Then the next point we're going to go on to. Um, yes, sir. If, if I may, very, very powerful thing you said there. Uh, two things. When you were going through the checklist of how the world uh, uh, parallels, the, uh, how the world parallels with, with things that we should uh, pursue, so often we personally will create checklists and make checklists based upon how we think we should obtain wealth. And and even in, in terms of pursuing your goals and ambitions, we'll take tests, personality tests, we'll take character trait tests and allow those to dictate whether or not we decide to pursue a goal or an ambition. So, yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. Amen. So definitely we have to be careful about the limits that, you know, we allow to be placed on ourselves. I'm the one that think thinks that I don't blame the world for I don't believe that as believers, we should blame the world for our situation. So I have to take responsibility of what God said to me personally and make sure I grasp it and not make any excuses and say, hey, because once I make excuses, what I do is for my race. So, for instance, I'm not supposed to be wealthy because I'm black or I'm not supposed to be wealthy because I didn't grow up in the right neighborhood. Once I start making excuses, I automatically set myself up for failure. Once I eliminate all those excuses, I put all the accountability on me to become successful based on God's word. And that's what we have to do. We have to put the accountability on us. I've had many excuses to say why I shouldn't achieve certain things, or I've allowed myself to fall into condemnation to say why I should, because that's what a lot of times what we do, we make mistakes and we uh, cripple ourselves. Uh, and say, you know, because I made this mistake, I don't deserve what it says in God's word, right? Or or in other words, like I said earlier, we fall into condemnation and now it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where we're telling ourselves that I don't deserve this. I made this mistake. I didn't finish school. Uh, you know, I had kids before I got married. So that's the reason why I should be poor. We come up with all these different things for why we shouldn't obtain what God's word said, but instead we need to focus on faith by what God's word said and hold on to it and grasp it and say, I don't care what happened. I don't care what my environment looks like. I'm going to believe God's word and I'm going to hold on to it till it comes to pass. I'm thinking about the angel uh, 
who was fighting with Jacob. It was Jacob held on to the angel said, I'm gonna hold on to you till you bless me. Right? And he was he wound up getting a broken hip because of it. Right. He was willing to risk mm -hmm. injury, probably death to hold to receive what God had mm -hmm. promised him. And that's the mindset that we have to have. And I'm going to hold on to what God has promised me no matter what. I'm going to believe it no matter what. It don't matter what my race is. It don't matter what my gender is. It don't matter where I grew up. It don't matter if I'm six, nine. 250 or I'm 5'1", 150. I deserve to have as much wealth as anybody else. Once again, I'm going to go into this. I don't sing like Luther Vandross, right? I don't play basketball like Michael Jordan. I can't, I can't stiff arm like Walter Payton, but I still have access. I'm still the apple of God's eye. So because I'm the apple of God's eye, I have the right to claim whatever he's promised me. So because God has already released wealth into our lives, this is what we already start talking about we have to take action to activate that wealth right now we believe mm -hmm. that now we have to take action the word of god says faith without works is dead so that comes along with the things that we've talked about the past few weeks managing debt uh making a budget different things like that learning how to manage wealth proper learning how to manage credit properly those things come in the past each individual we have to realize that each individual is responsible for finding out has God how God has empowered them to get wealth. It's a sister at church. I don't know what her, I have a man, I, I'm going to compare us, right? Just for this specific for example. So I have a, a master's degree uh, experience at working in the financial world. This sister at work, I don't think she has a master's degree. I don't even know if she has a college education. I don't think she's worked in a financial world, but she's tapped in to what God has told her and she's mm. she has opened a business so she can access some of the wealth of the kingdom. All of us have different avenues and her, her wealth, her business is candles, for instance, is selling candles. I knew another young lady, they have similar backgrounds. She's opened her own business. She's selling hats and sunglasses and different things like that. God has, some, I'm skipping ahead to the scripture, but in second Kings, Four, one, six, and seven. The prophet Elijah, a woman calls him a widow woman, and uh, she has her two sons. Uh, the woman's husband worked for Elijah, and uh, after the man died, she came to Elijah and said, "Hey, they're about to take my two sons because I owe a debt." Right? Uh, Elijah said, "What do you have in your house?" She said, I don't have nothing in my house but a little bit of oil. Elisha said, here, here, I'm going to tell you what to do. She listened to the man of God. She, she, she listened to the man of God. The man of God said, here, I'm going to tell you what to do. Go get as many pots as you can. If you have to, go borrow from your neighbor and then fill them with oil. And then we go on to read the scripture and it talks about the fact that the oil kept going and kept going and the oil didn't stop until she ran out of pots. So you think about that. Theoretically, mm -hmm. if she would have had an infinite, infinite number of pots, she would have had an infinite amount of oil to pour. But maybe she was limiting her thinking. Maybe the area she was around, they only had a certain amount of pots. But it didn't stop until she ran out of pots, right? So 
Listen what Elisha told her. Go sell the oil and pay all your debts. And then after you pay all your debts, live off the rest. So he, she had enough being obedient, starting with a little thing of oil to not only pay her debt, but to live. And to me, it's saying live the rest of her life. That's what it seemed like it's yes. saying to me. Yes, yes. That's what it seemed like the word says to me. But think about that. She had what she needed was in her house already. What she needed was already within her. She didn't have to do yes, anything yes. special. What she needed wow. was already with her. And that's what we need to realize as people of God. What God yes. has given us is already with us. We don't have to do already. no certain strange thing, mm. nothing flip, nothing crazy. Just trust God and believe what he has promised you is already in you. And all you have to do is activate your faith, right? So this is what I talk about when I said the two women, they had different avenues. One open one business doing one thing, one open business doing another thing. But both of them are doing something. Both of them have tapped into something that allowed God to send wealth into their lives. And we have to do that. We have yes. to leap step out in faith and say, okay, this is how I'm going to access this wealth. We can't sit up and surf the internet all day and think the money is just going to fall out of the sky, out of the sky. You have to have a conduit or a basket for the wealth to go into. You, did you have something you wanted mm -hmm. to say, sir? You know, I was just going to say that, you know, we as a people will commit suicide on our own potential, comparing our. another. Yes, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. So we need to realize that everything is in God's kingdom is accessed by faith. Hebrew uh, 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the thing that you're believing for is made of what? Faith. Mm -hmm. Only what? Okay. Let me minister. Let me go on and minister. <laughs> do it, God, do it. I think it's in the same scripture. It says, what's made of what God has made or created came from the invisible world and was activated, brought into the natural world or the visible world from the invisible world through faith. Mm. So what you want is already out there, but you have to bring it into the natural, the visible world. You know where the invisible world is? In your mind. It's your responsibility to bring it from your mind through faith and mm. manifest it in the natural world. That's your responsibility. That's not God's responsibility. And then Hebrew 11 and 6 says, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who know God, those who love God know who he is, and he's a rewarder of those diligently seeking. Mm -hmm. You can't access faith, God's faith. You can't be in a relationship with God by looking at how God responded to other people. You're going to have to put both feet in a pool and get in there and find out for yourself if you want to get what God has for you. Amen. So once again, faith is the currency of the that, uh, Pastor Chris Witherspoon. Here, I got that from him. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. But faith is how you access things in the kingdom. So we have to operate in our faith if we want to tap in wealth and kingdom wealth. So we have to operate in that faith. So tip number two. You already have everything you need to access the wealth God has promised you. Step out of doubt and step into faith. All right. So the last point we're going to get into. So we talked about that. We talked about the fact that I have the ability or the power to obtain wealth. 
We talked about to access that wealth that God has already given us, that we have to operate in faith. So how do we access that? We access it by sowing seed. Sowing seed is the only way to prosper in God's kingdom. It's absolutely the only way. Genesis 8.22 says, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. So as long as you live, there'll always be an opportunity to sow a seed and there'll always be an opportunity to do what, what else? To reap a harvest. So we have to tap into that ability. Once again, going back to 2 Kings 4 and 2, it says that uh, the oil was her seed. That was how she accessed wealth. In 1 Kings 17, 12 through 16, Elijah, Elijah uh, the woman came to him. She had a handful of meal and a little oil. Her seed was to feed Elijah first. And then once she fed Elijah, Elijah told her that the little oil and the meal will not be used up or run dry until the Lord sends rain, send rain again. So once again, you have to make sure you understand what you recognize, what your seed is and sow it appropriately. Once again, as long as you live, there will always be an opportunity to sow a seed. And if there's an opportunity to sow a seed, you have an opportunity to reap a harvest. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the size of your seed. Use that seed to get a harvest and then sow a bigger seed. Sometimes we have these big plans in life, but we don't have the capital to achieve those goals. And the reality is a lot of people have a mindset that, you know, I want my own business and that's great. And that's, that's a great dream to have, but you need capital to run your own business. And for a season, you might have to sow into somebody else's business before or work for somebody else. Let me say that clearly. Yes, yes, or you can run yes, your own yes, business. Yes. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Once again, you have an opportunity to tap into that seed. So you need to grasp it. You need to take it mm -hmm. and sow as much as you need to sow till you achieve the goal that you want to achieve. So tip number three, recognize and sow the seed that God has already given you. That seed will provide provision for the rest of your life. So those are the three tips that we have today. Uh, I'm going to repeat them once again. Tip number one, you have to unbelieve how the world system said you should access wealth and realize that God has already given you that power. Tip number two, you already have everything you need to access the wealth God has promised you. Step out of doubt and step into faith. And then tip number three, recognize and sow the seed that God has already given you because you already got the seed within your possession. That seed will provide provision for the rest of your life. Did you have any questions, uh, Prophet Anthony? Anything you wanted Amen. to say? I, I mean, I was going to say, you said so many powerful things on tonight. The two things that uh, hit my heart as you were sharing, um, character and stewardship is developed in the field. Character yes. and stewardship is developed in the field. Working yes, for someone, sowing into someone's vision supporting someone. Oftentimes we think that uh, certain things like that are developed when it is that we launch an initiative or when we launch business, but very well so those things are 
developed as it is you're working in the industry or working with someone or for someone else. Using myself as an example, me being successful in business came from me working for corporate America working for Fortune 500 companies, developing uh, stewardship, character, uh, relationships in the industry so that I can be effective in business. So a lot of the things that you were saying on tonight, as far as sowing seeds, you may have some people, you know, that are watching and said, you know, we're in, we're in a pandemic. I'm, I'm, I'm tight for cash. Understandable. Absolutely understandable. But what right. natural seeds are you sowing to manifest uh, someone else's vision or to support someone else's vision? Uh, what's your character like? Are, are you sowing seeds of good thought, seeds of faith, uh, seeds of compassion? You know, because all of those things are honorable in the sight of God so that when you get in position to sow financial seed, that seals it. That seals it. Absolutely seals it. And one you didn't mention, and I think we overlook a lot of times in the body of Christ, the seed of what you say. What you say comes Ah, out out of your mouth. Yes, yes, yes. It's an absolute seed. And we reap a harvest whether we believe it or not. That's why it's so important that we manage or look at what we say, make sure we're saying positive things, things that are in alignment, alignment with the word mm-hmm. of God, things that are not out mm-hmm. of alignment. We need to get rid of those things. I have a habit mm-hmm. when I say something negative, I have to turn that around and say something positive twice to counteract mm. when negative. And I think a lot of people will be a good, because now we have this thing where people want to express themselves at all costs, either even if it's something negative. And, you know, you have a right to express yourself, but in the kingdom, we have to we have to manage what we say and making sure that we are saying things that edify not only other people, but we need to make sure that we're edifying things for our own self, for our own lives also to build our own lives up also. All right. Okay. Did you have anything else? You know, I I was just going to. One last thing I was going to say, you know, a friend always tell me, he says, what comes to your mind has the ability to come to your hand. Exactly. What are you thinking? And how are you thinking? Because those very thoughts that you're manifesting in your mind will come to fruition through your interactions with other people and the power of your relationships and what you have the ability and capability to do. So it, it starts in your mind. I'm, oh, you, man, you dropped so many awesome points, Pastor. It, it, absolutely, so it absolutely starts in your mind. And we have to, that's why it's so important that we align our thoughts with the thoughts of God. Because once again, yes. I know the thoughts yes. I have towards you, thoughts of mm. peace that are equal to give you an expected end. And a lot of times we self-sabotage ourselves because we made mistakes in our life and we feel guilty or we're bitter and angry and we want to pay people back. But God is saying, trust me to yes. provide you with her. This is a love letter. This is a thing full of thoughts that God wants to give us and say, hey, I know you've had some things go wrong in life, some tough times. Some people have mistreated you, misused you. But allow me to show you the way to talk. Allow me to show you the way to think. Allow me to show you the way to behave so you can get the full harvest, not just financially, but every area of your life. Every area of your life, yes. So we don't move on. I just want to end up, uh, last week, Pastor uh, Sean kind of caught me off guard 
asking me about uh, some investment advice. Uh, so <laughs> I wasn't ready. So this week I am ready. So uh, because this is right before the election and historically the market is particularly volatile right before the election, uh, I wanted to drop about four things to do when the market drops. All right. The first thing we want to do is we want to make sure that we focus on what we control, what we can control. We really can't control the mm -hmm. uh, the market, what happens in the market. Uh, we just have to make sure that uh, we continually educate ourselves about what's going on. Uh, sometimes we might need to step away from the market. And once again, we talked about that siege or thoughts and walk away from that negative information and keep focus on something positive. So focus what you what you control. Take some time to review your budget. Look for places why you might easily trim your expenses if something negative happens the things we've been talking about the past few weeks. So number one, focus on what you control. Number two, maintain your perspective. We need to realize that since the stock, since 1926, there have been 85 10-year rolling periods. The S&P 500 has uh, produced gains in 81 of them and losses in four. So that means a market has increased 95% of the time in 10-year frames. So generally, if you look over at a 10 year period, it's generally going to go up nine and a half out of 10 times or 95% of the time, your whatever you have invested is going to go up. So don't panic, maintain perspective. Uh, so historical returns illustrate stocks have shown resilience and growth potential over the long term. So we need to keep that in mind. Number five, you have to consider uh, your asset allocation. So make sure you have a proper mix of stocks, bonds, and cash, uh, those different type of things. And uh, you need to talk to a financial advisor about where your allocation is. Sometimes in some seasons, you might have to switch some things up to make sure you have access. This is a good season to make sure that we have access to cash, that we have liquidity, uh, that we have quick liquidity. Uh, number two, continue investing. You don't stop investing. What well, we have to realize that during mar down markets like this, this is an opportunity to get stock on the cheap, you know, at lower prices. Apple, uh, and back in August, they had a four for one split. It was four hundred over four hundred dollars uh, a stock back then. Now it's closer to one hundred dollars. So you have an opportunity if you couldn't afford it before to go into that. So continue investing. Don't stop investing. Just keep focused. Don't let this discourage you. Just see the opportunities that's out there and take advantage of those. All right. That's all on you now, sir. Awesome. Well, this has been a, a very uh, fruitful, if you will, Financial Friday. I have been tremendously blessed. I am confident that the people of God have been tremendously blessed. Yeah. Uh, we encourage you to stay tuned. Uh, every Friday, you can receive tips as this uh, and principles as such built upon the word of God. Uh, all that we're saying here is principled upon the word of God. And uh, through our knowledge and teaching, uh, through the ministry of Dr. Marshall Davis and Prophetess Catherine Davis. So we encourage you to stay connected on all of our platforms. And we pray that you were blessed tonight by what God has put on pastor's heart to share. Have a great evening. Be blessed. Amen. Have a great evening.